Good evening, my beautiful Palma family. If you're listening tonight, I hope you had a great week. Welcome to Faith Ignited. I'm your host, Nancy Burns, and I'll be with you for a duration of um, an hour or so. If you guys could please bear with me, I uh, just getting over um, being sick. So if you pick that up in my voice, um, I'm on the mend. I'm getting better. Thank you, Jesus. How are all of you? How was your week? I bet it was an amazing week filled with productivity inspiration, hope, peace, and love. Those are the principles of a day that that's all we need to have. Love, peace, joy. And if we can experience that in a week in some way, shape, or form shows up to us in a lot of different ways. Um, I talk a lot about spirit and your loved ones that have passed on and that they um, leave us messages everywhere, everywhere. And it doesn't matter uh, where or what it is, whether it's a penny, a nickel, a dime, a dragonfly, a butterfly, a rainbow, um, there's so many things that spirit sends us in the form of messages. And if we just tune in, I promise you, you'll feel the messages and see the messages that your loved ones are trying to get across to you. Because although we lose our loved ones and they leave this earth to go be with God and live in eternity, we still miss them tremendously. And we wish that they could be here for one last conversation, one last hug, one last goodbye, one last hello, one last, um, I love you. And I really like to um, practice in my life Ho'oponopono. Ho'oponopono is a Hawaiian practice through the islands. It's four simple phrases. And I want to teach you guys about Ho'oponopono. So the first phrase is, I'm sorry. The second phrase is, please forgive me. The third phrase is, I love you. And the fourth phrase 
and thank you. Sorry, it went silent for a moment. I'm not sure what happened there, but let's go back over those four phrases. On my end, it went silent. Those four phrases are, again, I am sorry. Please forgive me. I thank you. And I love you. Something about the frequency of those phrases as you're meditating and you can do Ho'oponopono and it's spelt H-O apostrophe O-P-O-N-O P-O-N-O Ho'oponopono It's a way to heal yourself as you're meditating as you're coming to a close of your day just to say those phrases out loud to anyone whom you may have hurt during the week whom you may have needed to ask for forgiveness or maybe someone that you overlooked and didn't say thank you or you didn't say I love you and please forgive me, that's a big one. Please forgive me. You're asking the other person for the action of forgiveness. That's uh, one of the best gifts you can give someone if you are um, in an argument. This is something I learned many years ago. But if you're in an argument with someone or having a, a disagreement with someone, anybody can say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I have a friend and I love you, friend. Saying that, you know who I'm talking about, but she does say, I'm sorry a lot for little things. But I'm saying, if you're saying, I'm sorry to someone, but there's a difference in saying I'm sorry and please forgive me. Um, I know it's helped me in my life to meditate and put things out in the universe that, that I want to come back to me um, or to my family. There's a frequency of positive vibration that in saying the Ho'oponopono, we somehow release those words into the universe and it, it's a, a feeling of peace. I don't know, I say it a lot when I close my eyes. I like to say, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. I say that about 10 million times a day. Lord, I trust in you. Lord, I trust in you. Or I say the Ho'oponopono, I'm sorry, please forgive me. I thank you and I love you in my mind. Um, 
Lord, come into my heart. Lord, come into my spirit. Lord, come into my soul. All great things. Um, what I like to do on this podcast is I like to narrate some real, true, near-death experiences. This has been a topic for me that has fascinated me for ages and ages. It's fascinated me. Um, I personally have never had one. My father has. Um, My best friend has. other people I know, but I personally have never. So when I narrate these stories, I just want to bring you guys, I don't know, something different here on Palma One. Something different that is more for the end of the week, the end of a weekend, when we can be together at 10 p.m. on Friday nights, 9 p.m. on Sunday nights. And it's a time of sort of coming to closure of the day, coming to closure with your day and and what you've accomplished, what you humanly possible, possibly could have accomplished. Because um, I know some of us go and go and go and try to get everything done on the list, but we put ourselves last on that list. And I encourage you to love on yourself tonight. Give yourself some self-love. Give yourself some grace, which is one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself, is the gift of grace. No, did I get it all done today? No. Did I get angry with somebody today? Yes. Did I not be the best person? Could I, could I have handled this differently? Yes. But do I know that we have a new day tomorrow? We have a new opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life. Um... So near-death experiences for me, I, since I was small, have always known that there was a heaven. Um, So for me, when I hear these stories, it's just so much more encouraging. But for some of you who have maybe lost your faith along the way or have maybe lost a sense of where you are with God and with people and with relationships and with things in your life. Um, To maybe reignite that faith over the weekend or tonight or on Sunday, on Saturday, whatever day, but have a conversation with one of our best friends, our only best friend, which for me is Jesus, and I speak to him 
as if I'm speaking to a friend, as if I'm speaking to my best friend, because he is. Oh, Jesus, why is this happening? Oh, Jesus, give me strength. Oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, oh, God, oh, God, right? We all go through moments like that where we throw our hands up and say, okay, God, take over. So I've known that there's this other realm, this other place that we're going to get to go to because it's promised to us. And I know it to be true. So I'm here to narrate some stories of some real life near-death experiences that will hopefully bring us a better understanding because I'm going to read it along with you. I'm going to hear it for the first time with you. Last time I did this, it wasn't a very uh, good story with a happy ending, but listen, that's life. <laughs> life doesn't always have a happy ending, and that's okay. It's okay. We are all just doing the best that we can in this world, and it's okay. It's okay. We can always say, I'm sorry. We can always say, please forgive me. We can always say thank you and we can always say, I love you. Bless them, change me. Bless her, change me. Bless him, change me, Lord. Change me, Lord. Bless them and change me, Lord. At the end of the day, we um, are responsible for our own fate, for our own lives, for our own destiny. We are, yes, God already has our destiny picked out for us, but we get pit stops along the way. We get so many pit stops along the way. And in some of those pit stops, we learn really, really, really hard lessons. And on some of those pit stops, the lessons maybe are hard, but not as painful, right? And then we get the lessons that are easier and fun, ones that we laugh at and go, wow, that was a pit stop that I probably should have bypassed that entire pit stop. But it's life. It's okay. In life, there are ups and downs. Nothing was ever written or promised that life would not be easy. Life is hard. Life is so hard. And when you add children in the mix, when you add your grandchildren in the mix, things get more complicated for sure, for sure. And I um, encourage you all to give yourself grace tonight. 
sit back, relax, grab a glass of wine, grab some hot cocoa, coffee, water, soda, a cocktail, whatever it is you have, grab hold of that, get comfy cozy in your couch, in your bed, where you lay your head down for a rest. And we're gonna dive in to this story that I came across today that I thought I would share with you guys. I just completed basic training for the army when I was sent to boot camp at Camp Berkeley, base camp, Texas, December 1943. I had no idea back then how seriously ill I was. The thought that occupied my mind was to get on the train to Richmond to enter medical school as part of my Army's doctor training program. Days passed and I collapsed. My health was not getting any better. It was December 19th when I was moved to the recuperation wing. The following morning, a Jeep was there to pick me up at 4 a.m., heading to the railroad station. A few more hours and I would have made it. Ah, but destiny, destiny had its own plans. At about 9 p.m., I began running a really high fever. Despite an aspirin that I got after begging, my head, everything was throbbing. I ignored and decided I was just going to sleep it off. At 3 a.m., I had to get ready for Richmond. I started dressing, but hardly could muster enough courage to stand up. The next half hour is still a blur as I was so weak. The last thing I remember was that the doctor asked me if I could stand and me collapsing on the floor in a failed attempt to do so. I woke up in a hospital room that I'd never seen before. I opened my eyes trying to adjust my vision to the dimly lit room. The room was small, dull, and cold. There was a dim lamp shown in the corner. For a while I lay there trying to recall 
what had happened earlier. All of a sudden, I sat bolt upright in the bed. The thought of missing my train to Richmond made me cringe. What followed is a series of incredible and breathtaking experience. I sprang out of the bed and looked around the room for my uniform. It was not on the bed rails. It was then I realized that there was a man lying on the bed that I just woke up from. I stepped closer to have a look, and the man, he was dead. The slack jaw and his gray skin, oh, it was an awful sight. That's when I noticed the ring on his fingers. It was the Pi Kama Delta fraternity ring that I had been wearing for two years. The situation was terrifying and I, I no longer wanted to stay. I wanted to escape. I ran into the hall trying to escape the mystery and the mystery that filled this room and the first thought was to catch the train to Richmond. I started running down the hall toward the exit door. Look out, I shouted to an old woman in my way. To my surprise, she seemed not to hear and almost passed through me as though I was sort of invisible. It was strange to think about that in that moment. I reached for the handle of the exit door only to pass through it and land outside of the door. I found myself standing in the darkness outside of this door in utter confusion. I stopped by a telephone pole in town, by a large river, and I put my hand against the guy wire. At least the wire seemed to be there but my hand could not make contact with it. I'd not realized how far I had come from the place in which I started. All the time I was unaware of the fact that I was just floating, not running. In that moment, fear ran through me Terrifying thoughts occupied my mind. The woman possibly passed through me. I passed through the door 
instead of opening it. What? And I couldn't touch the wire. One thing was for sure. I'd somehow lost my firmness of flesh. I was no longer seen or heard by anyone. I couldn't touch anything or ask anyone for help. The thought of that terrified me. I made up my mind though, which was the law, which was lost in terrifying thoughts, but I realized that the body in that room, that that was me, that that was mine. And I needed to go back and rejoin my body as quickly as possible. I ran back through the dark streets, back towards the hospital, in search of that little room. And as I ran from one ward to the next, past one room after one room of sleeping soldiers all about my age, I realized how unfamiliar we are with our own faces. Several times I stopped by a sleeping figure that was exactly as I imagined myself. But but the fraternity ring, the, the Pi Gamma ring, that was lacking. And so I would speed on and I would speed on Finally, I found a little dark room with that single dim light. A white sheet had been drawn over the figure in the bed. The left hand was hanging and I recognized the ring. I made frantic attempts to take off the sheet I wanted to take off that sheet, but it was all in vain. And finally, I had the late realization, this is my death. This is what we humans call death. The splitting of oneself. I stood staring there at my lifeless body. And now that I'd find myself, how could one join two people who are so completely separate? In that most despairing moment, the little room began to fill with light a light with such intensity it can't possibly be described in words. Something about it made me think that that light right there, that that light is the Son of God. It had to be. It was so divine. 
so full of peace, so full of love, along with the light, I also saw my life flash before my eyes every single day of my life I could view like a slideshow there they were every event every thought every conversation as palatable as a series of pictures there was no first or last. Each one was contemporary. Each one asked a single question. What did you do with your time on earth? I looked anxiously among the scene before me. School, home, scouts, country, country, cross country track. Emma said country crock. Cross country track team. A fairly typical boyhood. Yet in the light of that presence, it seemed a trivial and a and such like an irrelevant sort of existence. I searched my mind for good deeds and I answered, I didn't have time to do much. I'm too young to die. And I got a thought provoking reply. No one is ever too young to die. A new wave of blinding light filled that room and the next moment we were standing in a whole new world similar to earth, thronged with people, people who had unhappy faces the most unhappiest faces that I'd ever seen. This world seemed superimposed and fake on our familiar world as though they coexisted, but we weren't visibly living beings. Suddenly, I was remembering myself that very night, caring about nothing but getting to Richmond. Was it the same for these people? Had their hearts, had their minds been all concerned with earthly things? And I wondered, is this hell that I'm in? The next I saw a city 
in which the walls, the houses, the streets all gave up light, beautiful light moving amongst them, were beings of blindly bright lights beaming around. And this was only a moment's vision. For the next instant, the walls of the little room closed around me. The dazzling light faded and a strange sleep stole over me. To this day, I cannot fully fathom why I was chosen to return to life. But all I know is that when I woke up in that hospital bed, in that little room, in that familiar world where I'd spent all my life being selfish and having no good deed to point out. It was weeks before I was well enough to leave the hospital. And all that time, one thought obsessed me to get a look at my chart. There it was in medical shorthand, Private George Ritchie died December 20th, 1943, double lumbar pneumonia. Later, I talked to the doctor who had signed the report. He told me there was no doubt in his mind that I had been dead when he examined me. I just got the chills. I don't know about you guys, but I just got the chills all over my body. Later, I talked to the doctor who signed the report. He told me there was no doubt in his mind that I had been dead but that nine minutes later, the soldier who had been assigned to prepare me for the morgue had come running to him to ask him to give me a shot of adrenaline. The doctor gave me a hypo shot of adrenaline directly into the heart muscle, all the while disbelieving what his own eyes were seeing. I returned to life, he told me, without brain damage, without a lasting effect. This is all the most baffling circumstance of his career. Years later, I presume now I have done some good things worth telling. I care for the old. I counsel troubled teens. I treat the injured. Deep within, at times, I feel there God is right beside me again.
Amen, amen. What a beautiful, beautiful story that was. A beautiful story that was. I am in sort of shock at how that coroner signed that report. That doctor signed off on his body that he was dead. That Private George Ritchie didn't die that day. Private George Ritchie had what you call a beautiful near-death experience, but before I go, um, I want to reflect on this story a little bit because what I took from that, at least for me, is that sometimes Earth feels like we are in hell. Sometimes Earth feels like we are um, in the monotony of life, doing the same thing day in, day out. Get up, go to work, dinner, bed. Get up, go to work, dinner, bed. I encourage anyone who's listening to this to remember what he said in the beginning was that he heard a voice from above that said no one is too young to die so that makes me want to live each day like it's our last and I want good deeds to report when I get to heaven. I want to tell God about the things that I think I did or that I thought I did well. I want to show God. I want to have a good report card. I want to be a good student. And uh, of course, we all make mistakes. We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We don't live in a perfect life. We aren't perfect people. We are not made to be perfect people. So why we strive for perfection, I'll never understand. Because we cannot put that pressure on ourselves. There is only one thing that is perfect, and that is our divine love for God and Jesus and Mary, angels, saints, that is our one true love. We are never too young to die. With that being said, I say that to say, um, make the most of your today. Make the most of your today. Make the most of your tomorrow. Live your life. Be happy. Yes, we're going to go through sad times. Yes, we're going to have time for loss, time for grief, time for happy, time for sad. It's all mixed into one thing called life. 
We have highs and lows. We're not perfect. But I want to look back later on my life and say, I feel like I helped as much as I could. I tried to help as much as I could, when I could, or if I could. Because a lot of times I want to help a situation, but there's nothing I can do to change it. There's nothing I can do to change this situation. Only faith in God can change the situation. So why not just offer it to him? Say, God, as I sleep, please help carry me so that tomorrow I can feel good about myself, feel good about what I'm doing for others feel good about what I contribute for others. I am very polarizing. I'm a very polarizing person, and I know this about myself. I am abrasive at times, (laughs) and I'm abrupt, and I'm honest, and a lot of people can say a lot of things about me they can't say I lie. They can't say I've lied about things. That's one thing I know I'm not. Do I come across aggressive sometimes? Yeah, we all do. We all do. And nobody's perfect, like I said. Our private, thank you for your service, our private George that we talked about today. Um, But at the end of the day, let's try to be the best version of ourselves, whether whatever that looks like for you, whatever your wins are for your day, whether that's getting up in the morning and tying your shoes Whatever encompasses you and your day, know that you are doing the best you can. We are all doing the best we can. And I pray for world peace. I pray for peace in the Holy Land, Palestine, Gaza. I pray for peace. I pray, Lord, that Peace come to all nations. End of war. And let's stop fighting each other. You know? There's a lot of people I'm not talking to right now. Why is that? Well, we can attribute that to a lot of things. But as long as you take accountability for your actions, and your actions and what you did, that's all anyone can ask of us. With that, I would like to say have a beautiful weekend. 
guys that are going to listen on Sunday night. Thank you for being here. Guys, you guys that are here tonight with me, sick and all, um, thank you for being a part of tonight's show. Sorry for the raspiness, but I loved that story and I felt it worthy to share. Private George, Richie, wherever you are up there, down here, I don't know if he's alive or dead, but wherever he is today, we're thinking of you. We thank you for your service. All of our military, thank you for your service. Families of military, thank you for your service. And with that, I'd like to say good night. God bless. I hope you found peace. I hope you found rest. I hope you found tranquility and comfort. And I hope you'll listen. Leave a comment. Nancy Burns on Facebook. Um, or here on Palma Media. We'll get back to you typically within the first 24 hours. Someone at the team will reach out to you. Palma, thank you for having me. Palma One Radio, thank you for carrying my podcast. Thank you all of you who are listening. And to all of you who are listening that I'm not speaking to right now, I apologize if I've hurt you. I apologize. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Thank you. And I love you. Don't forget your Hoponopono. God bless. Good night, guys. Thank you for listening.